Hello everyone and welcome back to the Pumpkinhead Podcast. My name is Lyric and today we're going to be talking about binge culture a little bit and a little bit about re-getting into, rejoining, jumping into old content. So here we go. I recently just finished Stranger Things Season 4. I will be honest with you guys, I wasn't that interested going into it. I feel like I absolutely loved season one when it came out. Um, I liked season two. I liked season three, but season two and three, I both felt like, okay, all right. You know, I felt like season one punched a, um, well, had a gut punch that it ended with that I thought was just good. Sometimes, and I might, I say this a lot when talking about content, sometimes I like not to be given what I like. Sometimes if you're going to have a certain ending, I think you need to stick with it. And I felt, and I talked to a few of my friends who also felt this way, that it just was going on too long. It wasn't necessarily bad. It was just like, okay, more story, you know? And that's not really something you want to feel when you're going into sequels, right? And so in doing that, in watching season four, I was pleasantly surprised. I really enjoyed it. I'm not going to spoil anything, but I do think... Um, that it was one of the best seasons to date. I, I thoroughly liked it. Um, obviously it's not finished. The run's not finished, but, um, from what we have so far, I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was, I've seen a lot of people saying that it was the scariest season yet. I didn't quite feel that way. So I'm very curious on what make people, what makes other people think that. Maybe it's just too long since I've seen the other things, but either way, um, the only reason I've watched it already is because a lot of my coworkers were watching it and wanted to talk about it but I didn't feel and I'm glad I did but I didn't feel this urge or this urgency to go ahead and stream it and it got me thinking I just recently watched a video that Sarah Zed on YouTube put out about binge culture and it's something I've been thinking a lot lately I have another coworker who was talking about the social dilemma and just our connection to our phones and media and everything. So it's something that's been on my mind a lot. I tend to be one of those people who I know that I binge. I know that if there's content, I'm going to want to devour it as quickly as possible. So if there's a like series that I enjoy um, in books or movies or like uh, television, I tend to wait till most of it is out, if not all of it, and try to like binge through it. Otherwise, I just go too fast. So I recently read A Cruel Prince, the or the Folk of Air series again. And um, <laughs> I was trying to plan it out because I knew once I started book one, I was going to go through the whole series and the novella as well. So, you know, I had to plan around me devouring everything. Um, same thing. Sometimes uh, there's a few series right now that I can think of that are not fully done. And I have, like, purposely put off, like, the the books that are out because I know once I read them, I'll want the next book. For instance, um, the, I think it's A Dove and the Raven or The Raven and the Dove. I don't remember. But <laughs> that the fourth book just came out. But I already have the third book. I've been waiting to read it till the fourth book comes out so I can read them back to back. So uh, I'm the same way with TV series. A lot of times I'll wait. Um, I didn't watch Hawkeye until everything came out. Um 
Moon Knight, I caught it like the week of the last episode airing. So I tend to do that. I tend to wait um, as long as I can to kind of get things. And I also put things off for myself just in general so that I'll have something to watch on a rainy day because like, for instance, Netflix has Heartstopper. Um, I read the comics or on, on Webtoon and uh, Tapas. I don't know if I said that right, but um, as it was coming out, I guess I'm still reading it. And so I know that I'm going to enjoy it. I know I'm going to have fun, but I can't watch it <laughs> until I'm good and ready. And it's what I need for that day, you know? And um, just thinking of all this and my relationship to binging content and that kind of feeling of like when you're a kid and you eat all your Halloween candy the first night and then you don't have anything left um, is kind of how I indulge in media. Um, but as a culture, we've been going back and forth a lot lately on if we like the binge model or if we don't. Um, some points that Sarah Zed brought up in her video is that there's less of a fan culture when everything's out. And it's really interesting because I watched that video and then I watched Stranger Things, right? So the co-workers that pressured me to watch it are all done. Um, but if we're talking water cooler conversations, I have finished and most of my other co-workers have not. <laughs> so now I'm kind of stuck in this loop of, wait, what episode are you on? Okay, let me think back. What happened then? Oh, okay, well, let me be careful because I don't want to spoil the rest of the season for you. But, you know, um, let me try to remember what happened back then. Okay, this. And so we can talk about this. And there's less, there's more of an uneven ground uh, when it comes to discussions because... You don't know where someone's at or what memes they've seen. That, that happens to me a lot. I spoil a lot of things for myself because I'll be on episode two of something and I want to see a meme or see what people have discussed about it. And then I've spoiled the whole season because it's already out. We see that a lot with Marvel movies too with spoilers and everything. Just if you don't watch everything right away, right when it comes out, then you lose part of the culture, right? And the conversation that she was having is... When things are fed to you slowly, you are able to indulge more in the fandom and, you know, coming up with theories and all of that stuff. I think if you're a Marvel fan right now, a lot of people are saying that they're getting, like, overrun or they're just getting tired because there's so much content. Now, that is not my opinion, but I can understand how someone would have that opinion because there is so much to go on and there. It's not... It's there's no longer an entry point that's just simple, jump in, whatever. The fact that when you go see a new movie, you have to ask, How, do you need to have seen this? Do you need to see that? I personally watch <laughs> all of Marvel's content except for the last... Well, I didn't watch the first Spider-Man movie or the last one. It is my cross to bear. Um, but everything else I've seen. So for me, I'm like, yeah, come on, let's all watch it. But I can understand how it could be daunting for a new person. Um, but the culture in itself, like if you haven't seen everything and now a new movie comes out, you're forced to kind of jump through all of these hoops to watch everything before you can, you know, be on trend, I guess. And just in general, our culture is going faster and faster and faster with how we eat and dive into content. And you think of like, you know, we had Vine and Musical.ly and now TikTok. Like, for me, those bite-sized bits of content, I can stay on those for hours because I feel like I'm going through so many things. It's not like 
you know, a movie, you're dedicating an hour and a half or two hours to one solid thing. When you're on, you know, TikTok or even on YouTube for a solid hour and a half, for me, I feel like I've completed several things because I'm binge watching it. I'm flipping through things. It's all going faster and faster. And I feel like, and it's a trick, but I feel like I've tricked my brain into thinking that I've enjoyed more content. So I've been more productive, right? And that's not necessarily conducive to art, you know? And I think that's a, the, Thing that I keep coming back to is I know that I'm a binger but do I think that that's the best way to consume art in general do I think that that is a negative thing that we are going so fast through things or not and once again I'm going to reference this video and I highly suggest you you watch it um or any of Sarah Zed's content I I do really enjoy that but um she talks about how it also increases wait time. So I made the reference again of like a kid eating all of their Halloween candy. If you do that, Halloween next year feels so far away because all of the, not all of the joy, but a big part of the joy has already been completed. You already wore your costume and put it up. You already ate the candy. You already took the decorations down. Now you've got this whole year before your holiday comes back. So it's the same with TV series. Like I just, you know, recently watched Bridgerton season two and now we have to wait, you know, another year or so for season three. And it just like pushes the thing where as if the TV series are being handed to you, like, you know, Disney Plus does do with a lot of their shows. They um, still do like the weekly thing. You have that whole week to speculate, to talk about. It feels more drawn out and secretly behind the scenes. They're back there filming the next season, so it feels more like a slight transition. And with the nature of things going faster and faster and faster, fixation or like the public's hyperfixation on TV shows are going faster and faster and trends are going faster and faster and things are dying. Which, if, if we really want to put on our like broad scope hat, could also be affecting things such as fashion, merchandising, things like that. Um, with Stranger Things coming out, I feel like not a lot of people were discussing it very recently until the season started getting hype again. Season comes out, I've seen um, in my area there's been pop-up shops, there's coffee places that have, you know, their menus, uh, Stranger Things themed, <laughs> that was a tongue twister, and um, just all these things popping back up. Of course, you're going to see their clothes in places like FYE or Hot Topic or Spencer's or whatever the case may be. And then what happens when the culture suddenly shifts again, and now we're watching, well, I think Obi-Wan's the new thing right now, but yeah, everything shifts to Obi-Wan or, you know, once again, I am going to say Bridgerton. Bridgerton comes out again or we're about to get Miss Marvel. So now the culture shifts again to hyperfixiate on this one item of pop culture and all of the merchandise, all of the things from Stranger Things that are, you know, of course, fans still like, but aren't as, you know, top dollar hot ticket items are going to be pushed off to clearance. And, you know, that's another thing of waste that we've created. Um this is kind of referenced in, and I, I don't know why I keep shouting her out so much, but this is referenced into a separate Sarah Zed video where she talked about fandom and what, and fan culture and just about the homemade nature of a lot of things and the idea of things becoming pop culture. So um, once a nerd, always a nerd for me means that 
I have made a lot of handmade nerdy items. I've made my own Deathly Hallows t-shirt. I've made, you know, my own Star Trek earrings and things like that. So now that these things are commercialized and they're making these products, you know, commercialized things aren't always necessarily heartfelt things as far as they don't get to the heart of what the people want. Um, For example, or for clarification, think of like Pride Month, right? We're in June. It's Pride Month. I think we're going to do a Pride episode next week, by the way. But it's in June. We're in Pride Month. All of these commercialized Pride products um, are coming out. And in a month, they're going to be on clearance. In a month, they're going to, you know, be pushed aside. And we've just, as a culture, wasted this money on this products that one, maybe don't represent what they're supposed to represent, so that's why they're not selling, or two, because there's so much being produced right now, they just can't reasonably be sold in this timeline, and because for corporations, Pride is only profitable in June, they're going to be pushed to the side and become waste, and it's the same thing with fandom culture. If we are binging through all of these things and going super fast through all of these cultural hyperfixations, then we're creating waste after waste after waste. Whereas in the past, fan culture or alt culture was very DIY, very reuse, very, you know, make things your own, sell them amongst your friend who are actively interested in these things for the long term. You see how it's all kind of weirdly connected? Um, (laughs) it's, I don't know, there's a few things that I feel like I like in culture. I like Stranger Things. I like Bridgerton. I enjoy watching these shows. But there are even fewer things that I feel like I love. I will stand by through all iterations. I don't mean to say Netflix again because I, they, you know, (laughs) but... Uh, Netflix is about to be showing um, the Sandman TV series. And I think about that show and I'm going into it wondering how I'm going to view the experience. Because if you know don't know anything about the Sandman comics, it had been deemed the unfilmable show or movie. Um, it had been opted for release many times. Neil Gaiman has talked about it. I secretly hope that this would fail so that I could do it myself, but whatever. Um, Neil did say that this would be his last time attempting it if it didn't work, just because of all of the stress and everything of bringing it to film. And through the years that it's come out, the length of the comic and everything, is this something that I want to plow through, focus on for a bit, and then move on to the next thing? Or is this something that I want to enjoy? It's the difference between chugging a beer and sipping on wine, right? Is this going to be something that I just put on and I get to the end and I pack it up and I move? Or is this going to be something that I take my time, go slow, and really ingest? And I hate beer. (laughs) So if I'm chugging it and I'm really taking the time to appreciate or ingesting anything... These are the kind of things I've been thinking lately when it comes to how we interact with media, with books, with music even. Um, A lot of people lately have been telling me to go listen to Harry's House because of course. 
and I've kind of been taking my time with it. I've listened to one and a half songs right now, and I think that I may be enjoying that more. It seems weird. I want to listen to the album and it's you know, entirety how it is meant to be presented. But right now I'm kind of having fun discovering things and learning a bit about how it came to be and all that stuff. I'm not an active fan. So for me, it's kind of nice to kind of get this kind of distance and and slowly unravel and see what I like. And I think we kind of miss that. I think uh, one argument that I saw in the comments of that of the video I've mentioned is that when you whenever things put out, it's up to the viewers, right? So we can't be upset necessarily with creators or studios for putting everything all at once because it's up to us to decide how we want to engage with that media. Do we want to come home and watch one episode and put it up and watch the other one the next day or the next week or however? Or do we want to just commit to going through everything? I think about a story that my cousin told me once. He... <laughs> I've adopted a lot of my geeky pursuits and interests from him. And one of the things that he loves is Lord of the Rings. And he got to go to this viewing that was Lord of the Rings, the entire trilogy. I don't think The Hobbit was out yet. So just a trilogy. And um, it was just a back after back after back film experience. And he said he was sitting there and he got sick like physically ill because of just staring at the screen for that long now of course this is a movie theater and he's made of weaker stuff than I but like <laughs> just sitting there having that experience of something that he absolutely loved but with no space no break just full immersion was too much for him and I think about that and I think about the beauty of waiting and patience and it's making me kind of rethink how I engage with the media that's presented to me, how I treat myself to the things that I love. I don't know where that leaves you guys. Um, I, that'll be our question today. How do you engage or how do you hope to engage with media? Well, it was just something that's been on my mind that I really wanted to share with you guys. Another interesting point brought up in her video too is how it changes the way things are filmed. A lot of times lately, and I think back to Bridgerton too, there feels like there's no stops. Everything is just going through and suddenly there's credits, you know, and then you start the next one. For me, if you're like me, you, I'm a skipper. I skip intros, I skip credits, I skip straight to the next thing. So it just creates this endless theme. Where are we committing to these 12-hour, 24-hour, three-day binge fests when we could literally be watching a movie you know, we're having 15-hour movies. And the way that they film those episodes and the way that they structure those scripts are different than the way that you would, you know, structure like a sitcom or something like that. I think of it more along the lines of like a... TV shows are going more into like a soap opera where everything's kind of flowing and there's no clear stoppage. Um, I don't think stoppage is a word, but it is now. Um, there's no clear, clear stopping point. It just keeps going. And I think that's interesting. I don't know if it's good or bad, but I think it is interesting. So with all of that, <laughs> um, I do have an exciting announcement, a reminder, and then I'm a bob. So here we go. The exciting announcement is as of probably next pod, 
the Pumpkinhead podcast is going to be monetized. So look forward to hearing some lovely recited ads from me. And I'm very excited and very happy for you guys to be able to listen and to the podcast and hopefully I can put more into it. And I'm just very thankful that you guys have given me this platform to communicate, to talk, to engage, and I'm having a blast. So thank you for that. Um, reminder on that note is that I do have a uh, merch. I have linked it in our description. Um, I've gotten a few pictures of people in merch. Thank you so much. You look beautiful. <laughs> and a lot of you guys have gotten it before me, so that's really fun. Um, but anyway, thank you for that link in description. And let's go into the Mabob. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mabob. So this week, and probably for the whole month of June, we're going to have some LGBT plus Q positive uh, representation um, recommendations. <laughs> so I am so excited to tell you guys about this one. I um, I have Likewise and I always go on there and anytime anyone asks for a um, a fantasy book with, with gay representation, I am plugging this one. It came out last year and the sequel came out this year. I have not read the sequel yet, but this is The Witch King, which is by H.E. Edgman. Edgman, I'm not sure, but huh, so good. <laughs> it's got trans representation, it's got plus size, PLC, the whole shebang, and it just feels good and natural, which is kind of hard to do in a fantasy setting. So you've got your main protagonist, who is a witch, and their fated love interest who is a demon and uh, so so heartwarming so it's enemies to lovers which you guys already know i love so um well i guess fated i, I don't know it's, it's convoluted but very good it's very easy to read it feels like it, it is an adventure but it also feels like a warm blanket um just I'm really discovering as I read more, especially this year more than anything, how nice it feels to see different types of representation. And I think this book is a great starting point to see how all of it can happen in just a way that feels natural and just part of the world that you're in. So yeah, highly recommend. I love to see it and you guys will love to read it. Thank you guys so much. I will talk to you next week and I hope you have a fantastic day. Music